check out my new book, Reach All Readers at reachallreaders.com. When you pre-order, you'll get special access to my Science of Reading mini course. Learn more at reachallreaders.com. Welcome back to our Changemaker series. We're talking with a bunch of people who have helped bring about change when it comes to implementing the science of reading at different levels. And this week, we are looking at the school level. We're talking with Rena Matthews. She is a literacy specialist, and she's going to talk to us about how she helped her school transition from a balanced literacy program to a more structured phonics program, as well as knowledge building in the comprehension area. She is going to talk to us about how they use UFLY, what the lessons look like, and how how she helped her teachers become comfortable with this new program. Welcome, Rena. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am really excited to talk to you today about how some changes have been made in your school and your district and how you've switched from Lucy Calkins curriculum and phonics to UFLY. So can you start out by talking to us about how you got into education and how you became part of the, the school that you're at and the position that you have currently? Sure. Um, so I've been a reading specialist at my elementary school for the past 16 years. Prior to that, I worked um, as a second grade teacher in the Bronx, New York. In my current position, I work with uh, kindergarten through second grade students. I come from a family of educators. Both my mom and dad were in education. My sister studied biology and has aspirations to be a high school biology teacher. And it was very natural to me as well. I did a really uh, solid master's program for my reading specialist studies. I will always appreciate the stellar professors and practical experiences that I've had that prepared me for the job that I do and love today. Uh, when I'm thinking about reading instruction, I'm always inclined to look at things from a K-3 perspective and also from the point of view of an interventionist for whose students reading doesn't come to so easily. And so when I began working in my district 16 years ago, my students looked very different and came from very different backgrounds than the kids that I've been working with primarily for the last five, six years. Our population has changed with an increasing number of English learners and students from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, so that presents its own challenges. With that being said, though, our students' reading needs remain fairly consistent. I go back and look at my RTI notes from back then and look at my MTSS notes from today, and I see the same recurring reading difficulties is coming up. Student has trouble decoding words. They have trouble remembering high-frequency words from page to page. They can't blend sounds together. They have poor fluency. Um, and these needs are irrespective of the color of their skin, their social economic status, their parents' education level, or the predominant language spoken at home. And the remedy for all these students is systematic and explicit phonics instruction and spelling instruction with a heavy dose of cumulative review to develop mastery. And so earlier on in my career, my misunderstanding was thinking that only students with reading difficulties or reading disabilities would benefit from this type of instruction. But now I realize all students can benefit from this type of explicit systematic instruction because it allows for the prevention of future reading delays. So the kids who coasted through kindergarten, first and second grade don't fall apart when they get to third grade and beyond mm -hmm. because now they have text without strong picture support and sentence patterns and they need to decode multisyllabic words. So that's why it's so important our tier one reading instruction be so dynamite that it prevents reading failure for the vast majority of students. And we need to be using a reading curriculum that allows for this. 
Now, previously, your school wasn't using a very strong curriculum. Can you talk to us about what you were using and challenges you had with that? Yeah, so um, we have been and still are somewhat a balanced literacy school district. And about, about 10 years ago, we adopted Units of Study Lucy Calkins curriculum for reading and writing. And when the phonics curriculum came out, it made perfect sense for our district to use that at the time. And so when we first adopted Lucy, uh, we had TC staff developers and literacy coaches, and we were asked to implement the program with as much fidelity as possible, really to delve into it, learn as much about it, and help our students with it. And we received a lot of coaching from our staff developers and our coaches, and as with anything else, when you start using a program and you really get into the nitty gritty, you realize um, what works and what is lacking. And our teachers found that the curriculum makes a lot of, of assumptions about the skills that our students are coming in with. And it tends to move through the phonics concepts too quickly. So there isn't enough of a review and repetition cycle. And so we felt that we were teaching a mile wide and an inch deep and our students were not really mastering the skills that they needed to. And it was not reflecting in their writing. And mm -hmm. many of our students were struggling and COVID just amplified this. And so in order to be responsive to our students, our teachers had been supplementing with multiple resources over the years, and it became very time consuming and labor intensive. And we were having a difficult time and, you know, we were all ready for a change. So with Lucy's phonics program, I've not actually been able to get my eyes on that. Do they have practice material with decodable text or is it more leveled books after you do the phonics lesson? So initially we purchased their um, leveled libraries. They were all predictable and leveled readers that, um, you know, range the span of the grade levels. And more recently they did introduce uh, decodable text. So they have ones that you can print out from the Heinemann website. And now Lucy has her jump rope readers as well, which are decodable readers that, you know, conform to the scope and sequence for their phonics lessons. But we did not have that at the time when we initially started using it. Right. Which is, it's just so interesting to me that, um, I don't know how many years it was that they had a reading program without a phonics component, which is very, yeah. very interesting for primary grades. I've talked uh, recently to someone about Lucy Calkins book, The Art of Teaching Reading, um, which I used to love when I was a balanced literacy teacher. And that book is, I don't know, I think it's about 600 pages and literally six, six pages have any mention of phonics at all. And it's nothing about wow. explicit teaching of phonics. It's just, you know, very implicit. Um, yeah, very interesting. So you told me uh, before we went live that during COVID, you had some time off of teaching and some time to really dive into the science of reading. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Um, so when our school shut down for COVID, it happened to coincide with my maternity leave. So I was home probably from mid-March until the end of August. And that's when I really started to delve deeper into the science of reading. I first listened to Emily Hanford's audio documentary at a loss for words. And I was shocked. I was shocked at all these strategies that we were kind of teaching our students, both me as an interventionist and our classroom teachers, as part of balanced literacy and part of, you know, Lucy Calkins reading and phonics. And, you know, I didn't realize how, how wrong it was. But then I realized, of course, you know, this, this can't be right. And I was also invited to the Science of Reading, What I Should Have Learned in College Facebook page. And once I joined that, I was completely hooked. 
I would literally be up in the wee hours of the morning nursing my newborn daughter and watching <laughs> webinars or listening to podcasts. I just couldn't get mm-hmm. enough. So when I returned to school in September, I was so pumped to share the information that I had been learning with my K2 colleagues and, you know, move towards positive changes in reading instruction. But did, little did I realize that, you know, we were in the midst of, you know, a pandemic still and hybrid and remote instruction and our teachers were just struggling to keep their heads above water. And it was such a challenging time for teachers and students alike. And I myself was just getting the hang of what remote and hybrid instruction looked like. And so Mm -hmm. a few months later, when spring rolled around, I thought this is a good time to start kind of, you know, sharing some of this information with teachers and, you know, kind of changing their perspective. Um, So while in my small groups, I was learning things and kind of implementing, you know, changes to my reading instruction, uh, come maybe March, April of, say, 2021, I started sharing an article here, a podcast here, some kind of webinar, and our teachers, you know, started taking part in this information, and they were becoming very curious and very interested and kind of going through all those emotions that I had, the surprise, the shock, the, the you know, guilt, the grief, you know, all, all those, that mixed bag of emotions. And um, I was able to do some uh, training for my teachers. We had trained them in a sound wall and the importance of using a sound wall in the classroom. And also we were um, going over methods of using um, the heart word instruction to teach high frequency words and irregular high frequency words through phonics. And we also um, made some additional purchase of, of decodable books. Prior to this, we didn't have a lot of great decodable books to begin with, um, nothing that kids were really interested in reading anyway. So um, we did some research, we purchased some high quality mm-hmm. decodable readers that were engaging and had a storyline. And um, we we were starting to move in the right direction and it felt good, these positive changes, but it still felt a little bit piecemeal. You know, we had teachers doing 10 minutes of Hegarty instruction mm-hmm. and then Lucy Phonics and, you know, introducing sounds on a sound wall and doing the heart word method. And it felt disjointed, like it wasn't coming together. And, um, you know, that was still okay. a struggle for us. We were trying to think, what else can we, what else can we do to, you know, help improve this and make our instruction more integrated? So before we get into that a little bit about how you went to UFLY and how that worked for you, can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like sharing this information with teachers. It sounds to me like you've had a mostly positive experience, but, um, and, and you can share whatever you're comfortable sharing, but sometimes in schools, there's a lot of discomfort. Certainly a lot of teachers don't want to hear that what they've been doing may have some problems. Um, they may be very committed to balanced literacy. How did you foster this environment of learning and curiosity versus, you know, um, resistance? I think, um, one of the ways I did this was modeling myself as a a learner and someone who had, you know, misunderstood things in the past. And I personally was going through some of these experiences as well in learning new things and um, that are so different from what I had believed in and what I had been practicing as a teacher. So um, really sharing my own personal experiences was very helpful to the colleagues that I had been working with. And our teachers were not all convinced at the very beginning. Uh, it did take some time, but with with every article, with every podcast, with every conversation we had, uh, there was there were more light bulbs going off. And so mm-hmm. teachers were beginning to realize and understand, hey, you know what? 
you know, we did the best that we could with the knowledge that we had at the time, but there are better ways to, to teach our students to read and there are better ways to reach more students. And so having that open communication, having a safe space to really speak about our learning and speak about things that we did in the past that were probably not the most efficient use of our time or our students' time, and then learning from each other and learning from our mistakes, I think that's what really fostered that change, combined with the fact that you know we have a principal who has always been open and receptive and supportive and has always given us that leeway and latitude to try new things and has, has trusted us and, and trusted our work ethic and our commitment to our students. So um, that was also very helpful as well to help us go about making these changes. Yeah, that's, um, there's just so much that goes into that. And I can see the way you're talking about it, that you did this step by step. It wasn't just like all of a sudden we're throwing everything out. You introduce small that. things and it, and it's, it's been a period of transition, but at some point, it sounds like most of you were ready to just find something that will basically encompass all these foundational skills pieces that we need. So can you talk to us about how you got into UFLY and how that's been working for you? During the pandemic, uh, for our hybrid instruction, the UFLY, um, University of Florida Literacy Institute virtual um, learning hub had put out some reading applications and blending boards and a whole bunch of other cool resources for teachers at that time to support their reading instruction. So I had been using using that for some time and it was such a game changer for my, you know, reading instruction. And uh, at one point I learned that U5 Foundations was coming out with a new foundational skills resource for K2. And I was very interested. And after watching a webinar and taking a look at some of the resources, we shared this information with teachers and there was definitely a curiosity and an interest. So aside from how cost-effective and user-friendly it seemed, UFLY seemed to integrate all these smart teaching moves in such a thoughtful and intentional way. And it really streamlined our teaching and was helping us to incorporate the best practices in early instruction. Uh, I can go into the details of what are the steps in UFLY if you'd like to know. Before you go on, um, just for those who are listening who are not familiar with UFLY, you can look it up. It's a it's just a bound spiral bound curriculum that's actually for K to two all combined in one yes. um, one spiral bound resource, and it's very affordable. I think as of this recording, it's less than hundred dollars for that resource, and then a lot of the supplementary resources then are online. Um, that you can just download. So maybe if you could talk to us now, walk us through a UFLY lesson and how it includes even phonemic awareness. Absolutely. So as you said, UFLY Foundations is an explicit and systematic program that builds foundational reading skills. It's designed for core reading instruction in kindergarten through second grade, but can be used for intervention um, up to any grade. It has easy to follow lesson plans that follow an eight step routine. So in that teacher manual, uh, it houses all the lesson plans and uh, it has steps one through eight. Step one, is, um, step one is phonemic awareness. It has step two, which is a visual drill. Step three is an auditory drill. Step four is a blending drill. Step five is new concepts. Step six is the word work. Step seven is teaching irregular words. And it ends with step eight, which is the connected text. And so text steps one through four serve as a warm-up and review of previously taught concepts. And step five is an explicit introduction to a new concept with guided practice of reading and spelling words. And steps six through eight are opportunities to apply concepts through reading and writing activities at the word and text level. 
So step one, which is the phonemic awareness portion, uh, contains blending and segmentation practice. And it always is a um, introduction to the phonics concept that's being taught in the lesson. So it serves as a okay. nice warm-up. It's very connected. Um, the later parts of the lesson focus on accuracy and automaticity of grapheme phoneme correspondence and decoding automaticity of words with previously learned concepts, as well as explicit introduction of practice of decoding and encoding words um, with the new concept. What we really like is that the program also has a built-in gradual release. So I do, we do, you do. So there's a lot of teacher modeling, there's a lot of guided practice for kids where they're doing it with the support of the teacher, and then they get to go and do independent practice as well. So those ample opportunities to respond have been so beneficial for our students. Um, not to mention our teachers as well. UFLY uh, considers itself to be an educative curriculum. So using the material in the lesson sequence adds to teacher professional knowledge of reading acquisition, linguistic elements, and evidence-based instructional methods. So it's been really helpful for our own personal PD as well. In addition, uh, UFLY provides PD in the form of webinars and also video lessons of components, which are really helpful to watch and guide you through what the lesson steps look like. It's very interesting that you say that uh, UFLY is intended to be education for teachers. Mostly when I think about reading curriculum, it's this huge manual with so much. It's sensory overload, right? Like the teachers don't even know what exactly should I do. There's no way I can do all of this. So I have to decide what should I do. And they do that on purpose. They add just everything so that there's all these choices for you, but that can be limiting in many ways. Um, right. So I like to recommend UFLY because it's just so clear. And, it, mm -hmm. and like you said, it really includes the elements of explicit instruction. You know, I do, we do, you do. And then there's that constant review built in. The phonemic awareness portion is very connected. It eliminates the need for a 10-minute separate phonemic awareness program. It's all That's included. Right. Um, can you maybe, I'm not sure how much you remember about it, I don't, because you didn't use that in your intervention, but can you compare it a little bit to the Lucy Phonics program? I'm just curious how they're different. Uh, with Lucy Phonics, there wasn't such explicit, systematic introduction of new concepts. It, it, it was more like almost as a story. Uh, one phonics yeah. lesson would be like a 10, 12 page like novel that you'd have to read to kind of get to the crux of what <laughs> you're trying to teach, as opposed to you five, two pages, two pages. It has everything yeah. that you need laid out um, very clearly, very, very sequentially. So... There was never that connection, I would have to say, between introducing a skill, practicing it, and that interleaved practice which UFLY has. Sure. Um, UFLY, UFLY concepts, they introduce it in one lesson, but you keep on reviewing those concepts for the next maybe 10, 15 lessons. So you get such sufficient mm -hmm. practice, and that's what really helps you to develop that mastery and confidence to be able to apply it to your reading and writing. So are your teachers pretty much exclusively doing this as whole group lessons or are they separating their students based on how much, what they know in phonics and doing these in small groups? So right now our teachers are using this as their tier one phonics curriculum and they're teaching it whole class. Um, and some of our teachers are now dabbling using the um, their small group differentiated time to provide you know in additional support with their students as well with the UFLY. Do they have challenges of students who are far ahead of everyone else and are bored during the lessons, or how does this meet the needs of everybody? So it's interesting you said that. So the assessment that we use in our school at the beginning of the year was actually your assessment, Anna, the, 
the decoding survey that you provided. So we were really able to see what skills our students were at. So even though we were following the UFLY scope and sequence for that particular grade level, our differentiation was based on those assessments results. So for our students who were either far ahead or had greater needs, we would then um, move to the concept that we needed and provide that additional support, whether it's an extension or remediation within the small groups. Okay, so everybody has the same core skill and then the teachers do their small groups after, depending on needs of their students. Exactly. Um, before we started talking, before we started recording, you shared how you supported the teachers in learning to use this program. Can you talk about the support, the in-classroom support that you provided to get them comfortable? Sure. So in the beginning of the year, um, we had met during our grade level meetings and I shared information about the program and we watched some of the implementation videos. We took a look at the UFLY toolbox that houses all the lesson slides, decodable text, roll and read games, and the blending apps and word work apps that we needed. So we became familiarized with the elements of uh, the UFLY program and what we need for each lesson. And then a lot of the support that I provided in the beginning of the year, especially in kindergarten and first grade, was pushing in and modeling the lessons with the teachers. So I would model what a day one lesson looked like, what a day two lesson looked like. Um, some classes I spent more time in modeling than others, depending on the teacher's comfort level. And then after, after this modeling, our teachers would teach. So after our teachers taught each of these lesson steps, then they would ask any kind of questions or any clarifying questions. I would provide them with some more feedback and then kind of refer back to those implementation videos that do such a good job of explaining the rationale for each lesson step, what the objective is, what we really want our goal for our students to be able to do. And so that was really part of the process of coaching our teachers and helping them to implement this program with success. That is wonderful. And I have to say that the program itself is very simple and laid out, but I am Orton-Gillingham trained and other things. So looking at it, for me, it looks very basic. But for a teacher who has not been doing explicit instruction, it could be a little overwhelming. So that's amazing and a good example for others to hear how you supported your teachers in getting started. Um, I know that this has gotten the attention of your district. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yes. So um, similarly to our school, the other schools in our district we're also feeling the need for moving to something a little bit more systematic and structured in terms of their phonics. And it had gained the attention of our district superintendent and assistant superintendent that um, our school was using uh, a different phonics program other than Lucy. And uh, back in the fall, we had some of our district administrators come in and observe a kindergarten, first and second grade class teaching the UFLY program. And uh, they were really impressed with student engagement, um, the wonderful routines that the teachers had established, and the overall excitement about phonics that our students demonstrated. Like if teachers don't get to phonics one day, our students are bummed. They are so excited. As soon as I walk into the room, it's like, are, are we doing phonics today, Miss Matthews? So it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things. Our teachers are uh, love the simplicity and the routine. Our Students love it as well because they feel successful. They know what to expect, and that's been so important. So um, when our district administrators came in, they were able to witness the same thing. And uh, recently at our last extended day, 
we were asked to present um, UFLY Foundations to the district-wide kindergarten through second grade teachers and talk about the successes that we had. And now, beginning next year, we're going to be uh, implementing UFLY Foundations district-wide in our kindergarten through second grade classrooms. That is wonderful and very exciting. Maybe we could talk really briefly about, as people would say, the other side of the rope. So you're building your foundation skills, phonemic awareness and phonics with UFLY. Um, what do you feel uh, your, your school is doing well with or is working towards when it comes to building comprehension in the primary grades and vocabulary? Um, so one of the things that our school is doing really well with is our read-alouds. Our teachers in kindergarten, first and second grade, do take the time to provide really engaging read-alouds, um, teach into vocabulary, allow for that time for turn and talk and building those oral language mm -hmm. skills and building those opportunities to, to share information. So that's something that's been going really well. We also do have science and social studies that we try to integrate into our reading and writing whenever possible. For example, in second grade, our teachers are doing um, their insect unit right now, which is always like a, you know, a very exciting for our students. And so they do incorporate a lot of rich read-alouds, fiction read-alouds when it comes to, you know, insects. And they spend a lot of time and they stay on topic for a while when they're discussing discussing this the science theme. So that's something that our teachers are doing well with. However, there's always room for improvement and um, that's something that we're thinking about, you know, how we can make our uh, language comprehension side a little bit more robust, just the way that we are striving to make our phonics, you know, phonics portion robust as well. Yeah, well, that, that is definitely the first step is having really quality read-alouds. And like you said, um, planning in times for students to turn and talk to each other and also building that knowledge connected to your social studies and science is really wonderful because what we're learning now is that um, teaching comprehension itself is a little tricky. What you really need to do is build things like inference making and knowledge itself so that, right. and background knowledge so that, um, so that students can, can comprehend all kinds of text. Could you maybe before we wrap up, share any particular resources or books or webinars or researchers that you've just found really helpful for someone who's maybe just getting started? I think the first thing to do is listen to um, Emily Hanford's audio documentaries. I believe she has three of them at a loss for words, hard words. Um, and I believe there's another one as well as sold a story. I think that's mm -hmm. a really good way to kind of, you know, get into all of this to begin with. And I really loved your webinar that you had presented on the science of reading and intro to science of reading. I believe last year I listened to that. That was actually very helpful. In terms of uh, researchers, I really love Wiley Blevins. He does some really great work with uh, phonics and decodable text. I have listened to a number of his webinars and I found him to be really helpful. It's really um, easy to understand and actual changes that we can go and implement in the classroom right away. I love Margaret Goldberg. Margaret Goldberg, um, listening to her speak, you know, she's a literacy coach. She's first grade teacher. She also speaks a lot from experience and talks about the way that, uh, you know, she moved from a balanced literacy mindset to more science of reading and some of the practical changes that she's made, both in working with students, but also leading change among, you know, schools with the teachers as well. So those are definitely some key people that I recommend to start with. Thank you. I will definitely add all these things to the show notes. Thanks so much for sharing your experience with us. Your school is very blessed to have you. 
Thank you so much, Anna. It was wonderful speaking to you. I appreciate everything that you do as well. I have been using your resources for years on end, and I've watched your webinars and listened to your podcast, and I'm always learning something new from you. So I appreciate you and everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can find the show notes for today's episode at themeasuredmom.com forward slash episode 134. Join us next week for another Changemaker episode, but also come back and see us on Wednesday. I'm going to be sharing a series of short solo episodes during this period so that you can get the big picture on Mondays and more specific ways to apply the science of reading on Wednesdays. Talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Triple R Teaching. For more educational resources, visit Anna at her home base, themeasuredmom.com, and join our teaching community. We look forward to helping you reflect, refine, and recharge on the next episode of Triple R Teaching.